incredible opportunity to be a light and a witness for Jesus Christ. I want to thank you, Lord, for this home that you provided, the Rock Mission House. I want to thank you, Lord, for Tim and Kathy's service and labor living in that place, the light that they have been, the host that they have been. I want to thank you, Lord, for Mark and Jim, for the entire team and all of the labor of our saints and for the 500 that have got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just pray that you would use us more to bring the gospel to this world, to a variety of different people groups in this city. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done. We owe you everything, Lord. You are our obsession. You are the addiction of our soul. You transformed us. And we thank you tonight, Lord. You are ours, and we are yours. Speak to us tonight through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. You know... (laughs) You probably realize this already, but we're just a group of ordinary people. And nothing really super special. You know, we're just an ordinary group of people, young people. And we're trying to serve God. And we're just trying to be a light and a witness in the world for Jesus Christ. I am, um, you may not know this Jim who was just up here. They just had the third child. He's a math whiz, teaches math. Has a web has a web his own uh, video channel called Spiffy Math. If you want to learn math better, he does some college courses in the evening to help uh, teach for to provide for his family. And then on the side, he gives it everything he has. He and his wife Christine, Teast House, Mark Holty. Mark Holty came through our doors years ago. Single, works for the city up in uh, I forget not it's up in, near Linden Hills in one of the youth rec centers and. And runs that and then just gives his life to serve Christ. You know, we're just, we just love Christ. He changed our life. And, and so we may not have all our ducks in a row and we may not have all the whiz-bang stuff. But I want you to know our passion is Jesus. Our passion is the gospel and loving other people. And we're just trying to find as many ways as we can to share him and share his love with the world. Um, I'm going to talk with you tonight uh, about Colossians. We've been doing Colossians. But tonight I want to talk with you about Colossians chapter 3, which for me personally has probably been a chapter that I have gone over maybe as much as any other chapter, maybe more in the New Testament. It has so much to offer. It's so rich in what God shares with us there. And so I'm going to read to you out of my New Living Standard Bible. It's called the New Living Bible. But then I'm also going to read from one that's just a little different. Because sometimes when you read one that's just a little different, it kind of rattles your cage a little. You know, it kind of puts it in a different light. So this is Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven and eternity fill your thoughts. Do not focus on things down here on earth. For you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will also share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, and shameful desires. 
Do not be greedy for the good things of this life, for that is idolatry. God's terrible anger will come upon those who do such things. You used to do them when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander, and abusive language. Do not lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old evil nature and all its wicked deeds. In its place you have clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created this new nature in you. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in each of us as believers. Since God chose you to be holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who hurts or offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. As members of one body, we are called to live in peace and be thankful. Let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your heart and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. Man, I'm telling you, right there sums up the direction for our life and the direction for our relationships. And that's really what it's about. Our daily life, living for Christ, in our relationships. Now, I'm going to read you from a version most of you probably haven't heard of. Some of you have. It's called The Voice. So it comes down to this. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your mind on heaven above. Christ is there, seated at God's right hand. Stay focused on what's above, not on earthly things. Because your old life is dead and gone. <clears throat> your new life now is hidden, enmeshed with Christ, who is in God. On the day when Christ, who is our very life, is revealed, you'll be revealed with him in glory. So kill your earthly impulses. Lose sex, impure actions, unbridled sensuality, wicked thoughts, and greed, which is essentially idolatry. It's because of these things God's wrath is coming upon the sons and daughters of disobedience, so avoid them at all cost. These are the same things you once pursued, and together you spawned a life of evil. We don't like to think of ourselves like that, do we? See, you, you guys think sometimes, Mark, he's just so, he's so out there. I don't know if it gets more out there than that. We're evil. Without Christ, we're evil. And our lives spawn evil. And our world, throughout the world, is full of evil. And the consequences of evil. And the pain caused by evil. Christ changes that. And Paul is reminding us, this is what you were. Don't let that dominate your life. Kill those impulses. Kill them. Kill them. Another version says, put them to death. Execute them. 
<laughs> There's an old saying, it's either kill or be killed. That's the way it is with the flesh. You either kill it or it'll kill you. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, what, what you were singing tonight, Julia, just fits in tonight. Everybody has their addictions. What's going to be yours? In fact, I love the Berkeley version. The Berkeley version says, you were once addicted to sin of every kind. That's another way to describe our lives before Christ. We were addicted to the lust and the passions of our flesh, the impulses. And what we saw, we wanted and we coveted and we lusted for. That's what we are without Christ. But now make sure you you shed these things. Anger, rage, spite, slander, abusive language. And don't go on lying to each other. Since you have sloughed away your old skin along with its evil practices. You get the picture that it gives there? You ever seen a snake skin? They slough it. It sloughs off. And then they have a new one. And this is what God is describing with us earlier in Colossians without getting graphic. When we're circumcised, that old skin is sloughed away. It's gone. And when Christ circumcised us, he intended to cut away our old nature. One day when Jesus comes back, we will be given a body that matches our new creation on the inside. In the meantime, we are still temporarily stuck in the old banana peel. But we are not forced to be dominated by its power any longer, for God has severed its power through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the new man, the new woman that lives inside of you, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so now, as Titus tells us, Paul also wrote Titus, The grace of God that came to us through the gospel, grace means God's favor, God's unmerited favor, teaches us to say no to ungodliness. No, I won't have that immoral affair. No, I won't fill my life with all the fine things of this world and lust and lust and lust for them. I won't. No, I won't give in to my rage or my spite or my grudges. I won't go and lie. I'm not going to live a lie. I'm going to live the truth. You've sloughed away your old skin with its evil practices for a fresh new you. I love that. Man, how many of us wish we could just, you know, ladies, I understand the makeup thing. I had three girls in my family. And sometimes it's nice to get a fresh you and go exfoliate your skin and and get your hair all fixed and your nails and you feel like a new you. And then you get to be my age and you realize, well, there ain't no new you. I just try to take the best care I can of the old me. (laughs) But But I'm so invigorated, and I mean this, but invigorated by the reality that there really is a new mark. And that that new Mark and that new Kathy and whatever your name is, is being renewed day by day by day by day as we grow in the knowledge of God. I don't mean you're reborn, you're reborn, you're reborn again. You're you're born again once, but we are just continually renewed, refreshed. Well, it says, which is continually renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created you. In this recreation, there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, uncircumcised, circumcised, barbarian or conqueror, slave or free, because Christ is the whole and he dwells in us all. It's easy. 
we don't live today in a world, uh, well, in our country, um, that is so much divided as the Roman world was. But, but we have a couple uh, dear young ladies who have been coming here from a country in India. And in India, there is still what is known as the caste system. And the lowest are the Dalits. At least that's the last that I understood. And certain groups of people, but we even have that here in America. Certain neighborhoods we won't go to or we're uncomfortable or certain people feel uh, inferior to others. My wife and I, we kind of like old BBC uh, series. And, uh, and, and a lot of it is, is in the Victorian age, some of the Charles Dickens. And there was a caste system in England. My goodness, you either had wealth and lands that were just inherited or you were just poor. And there was no way to get out of that. And you were looked down. You were the servant class. You may not know this, but historically, in the early church, the early church there in the, in the apostle era, almost 80%, they estimate, of the early church were slaves. That's why, see, there's instruction of two slaves in the New Testament, which we'll get to next week. It's not that God is saying, oh, slavery's okay. It's that God and Paul were dealing with the reality of a dictatorial, tyrannical Rome. And slavery was a reality. But many of these slaves were coming to Christ. And so you go, well, how do I act now? Well, first of all, you're a child of God. And there's no difference between you and the emperor. But the king of king became a slave. The king of kings became a slave. Your slavery has a purpose. God gave dignity to the slave. And he told him, your real master is in heaven. Serve them. You're really serving me. There's no difference between us. Whether you're from India or China or Bangladesh or Uganda or Nigeria or Ireland or Germany or the U.S. When we come to Christ, there is full and total equality in Jesus Christ. Since you were all set apart by God, made holy and dearly loved. <clears throat> we were singing tonight. And I just want to reaffirm this to you. Oh, to be loved by Jesus. Oh, to be loved? I no longer long for that. I am loved. So are you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Or is it still a longing because you feel so unworthy? The gospel has made you worthy of the love of God. You did not make you worthy. Christ loved you. God loved the world and he gave his son. And now you are dearly loved to God. You are as dearly loved as anyone. Well, of course, God is greater than any parent of any one of these little children that we have in the auditorium tonight by their parents. They dearly love these children. They, I was <clears throat> talking with a young person recently who wrote me and just confided, Mark, I've been really discouraged recently and, <clears throat> and I'm... I, was, I, I, I want to talk to my parents, but I'm just feeling like they're not really happy with me. And I, as I was typing the email back, uh, tears were coming down my eyes because I know something this young person was just not grasping. He said, Mom and Dad are crazy about him. They're so proud of him and they love him, but the devil was lying to him. 
So I encouraged him. I said, here's what I'd like you to do. I know you trust me. I want you, when they get home tonight, I want you to sit down and just share everything with them that you shared with me. He wrote back, are you serious? I said, I'm serious. You have nothing to fear. I promise you, they love you. They love you more than you can possibly imagine. A day and a half later, I got an email. Mark, oh my gosh, you were so right. It went beyond my wildest expectations. The devil is trying to lie to you all the time and divide you from God and divide you from each other and fill you with fear and apprehension and deceive you. You are dearly loved to God. Dearly loved. Now, clothe yourself with a holy way of life. I love that phrase. Clothe yourself with a holy way of life. What is that? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. I love this. Put up with one another. Forgive. Pardon any offense against one another as the Lord has pardoned you because you should act in kind. I want to talk about this tonight. This is really, I I want you to imagine for a moment what marriage would be like if you just wore these clothes. What what could be relationships be like? You you see, the Bible doesn't tell us pardon the person because they made it right with you. Christ made us right with God. We did not make it right with God. Now, now I understand. There's forgiveness, and then there's reconciliation in order to have a friendship. Some people who wrong you, you know, maybe it's this person out there. They may not want to have a relationship with you, but God wants you to pardon them the way you've been pardoned. Let it go. Forgive. Bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ, and don't bear a grudge about it. Don't get toxic about it. Don't let it bubble and harbor in your heart, because when you are, you're not obeying the gospel. You're not living the gospel. You're not living what God has done for you. And and it'll eat you alive. It'll eat you alive. Clothe ourselves with compassion. Compassion, learning to empathize with others, learning to really have a considerateness for their struggle or their need with a desire to help, to be kind. I I personally, you know, many, many years ago when we first started The Rock, my daughter Celeste did Jewel's song, In the End, Only Kindness Matters. Remember that song, We Are God's Hands, We Are God's Hands, Kindness Matters. Now I understand that there's a huge hit I don't follow this stuff anymore, by the way, but that's okay. <clears throat> by, uh, you know, the guy married to Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, and it's called, I understand, isn't it Kindness and Humility? Is that, has anybody heard it? Can correct me? What is it? Humble and Kind. There we go. There we go. Humble and Kind. And it's going like crazy. I mean, it's become a big hit. Who would have imagined? In a world where you've got, I won't mention it, you've got Humble and Kind. There we are. Our world longs for more Jesuses. Have you ever thought of it that way? Our world longs for more Jesuses. Now, they'll still crucify you. There's going to be some who will still crucify you and malign you, but there are going to be people in the crowds, in the masses, that respond to a person of compassion, kindness, 
humility, gentleness, just, just a, there's a gentle spirit to them, not a harsh abrasiveness and patience. And of course, Paul, remember, he's specifically now talking to the family of God. He's speaking to us, the local church. He was writing to this local church. He's not even writing right now to the universal church. Of course it is because all of us have a Bible and we're all believers. But he's in this community, this fellowship, this, actually, I'm not a fan of the word community. This family, the Bible never uses the word community. We are a family, a family of believers and a fellowship of Christians. And this is the way we're to be with one another. Ladies with your roommates, fellas with your roommates, imagine if this was the way we were with each other in our small groups, in our house churches, we work together. The Lord has had to do a lot in my life over the years on this, and I, maybe that's why I've gone over it. I go over it and over and over. I, I just want to be easy for Kathy to live with. I want to be a blessing to her. I, I remind myself that each day, even though I don't live up at times to my highest ideal, I strive and often get there to simply treat her as though she's my savior, to love her as I love Christ, and to clone myself with compassion and kindness towards her, and to be useful, and to be thoughtful, and to be patient, and to forgive. I think she would honestly tell you this. She's told, told me before, when it comes to forgive, I'm just the first to just forget, or the first to acknowledge I was wrong, forgive me. Either one, just forgive. Let it go. Let it go. Can you imagine for a moment Jesus bearing a grudge? I just want you to pretend now Jesus. Jesus bearing a grudge. He's the one on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I mean, if ever you were going to lash out, it would be then. Bam, like laser beam eyes just frying everybody in the crowd. Can you imagine the desire to want to do that when crowns have been on your thorn, shoved down on your head, you're naked and exposed to the whole world, and you've been lashed, and your back's like hamburger. And these swine that you made, you created them, they have life because of you, have just done this to you. Next time you think about holding a grudge, it might be a good idea to think about Jesus on the cross. I'm really serious. Man, we need to up our game. Man, we need to think differently about our life. And this is what Paul is trying to help us understand. Jesus, Jesus was compassionate. He was understanding. Pardon any offense against another as the Lord forgave you. Above it all, put on love. Love is the perfect tie that binds us together. Let your hearts fall under the rule of Christ's peace and be thankful. I got to read you two other things I've, I, I brought tonight I just thought was so striking. This is, the, um, this is that same passage, but just a smaller section of it from the Amplified Bible. You can tell I love Bibles. I, I deliberately go to different versions to get just a fresh perspective or to allow God to hit my heart in a different way. So as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and much loved by God himself, 
put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. God, help me with that. I need God's help with that. Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you should forgive. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourself in unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity, for everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best of others. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Christ, be the controlling factor in your heart, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members of one's body, and always, always be thankful. Wow, this is just profound. This was, this was a little quote that I found I thought would minister to you. <clears throat> I've said, it, this, said this before, but uh, listen to this. For Paul, it isn't enough just to believe the right things. Right belief produces right living. Did you get that? For Paul... And God, because he was speaking for God, it isn't just enough to believe the right things. Right belief always produces right living. And conversely, if you've not been living right, chances are you ain't believing right either. Because your life will always self-disclose that which you actually really believe in the way you consistently carry yourself. The gift of salvation demands that we put into practice the character of our king. Just as we take off and throw away old, worn-out clothes, we must strip off certain attitudes and actions of our old self. Since our lives have been made new in him, things like sexual immorality, greed, anger, lies, and the rest must find no place in us. But it's not enough to strip off the old. We must put on the new, and that new creation is many qualities of Jesus. Compassion, gentleness, humility, putting up with each other, forgiving each other, and above all, loving each other. These are the ways of Jesus, so they must be our ways too. That's real. That's Christianity. That's why I, am, I mean this. I'm still at my age, 40 and a half years into this walk with God, thrilled about Christianity over anything in the world. It's our life, it's my way of life, it's made everything in my life possible. I have nothing without Jesus Christ. I have nothing without his life, nothing without these characteristics growing, putting them on in my life. This is what makes marriage a joy. Otherwise, I'll just be honest with you. You're a single person here, let me just give you the news. Marriage will be the most painful place you've ever been. Might as well stay single. You don't put on Christ and it gets real ugly. And the pain is so deep. We have to learn to put on Christ. <clears throat> and guess what? That mate from heaven is going to sin like hell against you. And it's going to hurt like hell. And you're going to have to decide. They either pay me back and make up for what they did. Or I'm going to take the blood of Jesus, which is the magic eraser, etch a sketch, and it's gone. I just, it's gone. I forgive. I forgive. I just decided years ago, I just forgiven. I'm just forgiven. I'm just not going to sit around and argue about this. Uh, you, you, wrong, uh, you wrong me? I forgive. And I forgive. Now, 
Sometimes <clears throat> I find that my wife or I myself, we get into a regular habit. It just happens over and over like you keep slamming the door in my hand. Then sometimes I say, honey, I love you. I forgive you. But maybe could we shut the door different? Because um, my fingers are bent and they're not working right. <clears throat> oh, I, okay, sure. And if we've clothed ourselves with humility, humility then we should be fairly easy to reprove. That's a tough one. It's a tough one for me. But I want to be malleable. I want to be teachable. Because there's humility. There's humility. Well, listen, I could go on all night, but we need to end. Again, I, just so much, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I just appreciate you guys coming out on Friday night on a Friday night at the end of your week, and I hope that it gives you something to think about this weekend. I trust that God blesses you. And kids, it just did great. It's just the best group of kids. I mean it. You just touched my heart. Um, let's pray. Father, I just thank you tonight, Lord, for the word of God. The word of God. It's so priceless. There's so much more to cover, Lord. Thank you, God. You've been so good to us. You've been so good to us, Lord. Tonight, Lord, I was reminding Kathy... As we were coming tonight, I said, you know, Kathy, sometimes I got to tell you what helps me with perspective. I, I traveled Honduras uh, 20 times. I spoke at a conference there with 3,000 people just, just like this, dressed like this, little children just like this, under a metal roof with no sides, on hard metal chairs. The conference lasted three days. It was 100 degrees outside. No fans, no air conditioning. We sang, we worshiped. They listened to me go on and on for an hour and then another hour. And then we stood in a long line and ate rice and beans and a little chicken out under the sun. I'm so thankful, Lord, for air conditioning. I'm so thankful for the simple home that you've given to me. God, I'll tell you, the majority of Christians in the world, the majority, they do not have what we have right here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Just fills my heart with tremendous gratitude. Bless these families. Bless these men and women. Bless our college students. Bless our singles. Use them in this world and help them in their relationships with each other. In Jesus' name, amen.